Amen, amen, what a wonderful song. If you don't love the cross, you don't know about the cross. Oh, what a wonderful song. I appreciate that and how thankful we ought to be that we can love him because he first loved us. I want to preach a message today that is very basic, a very simple, and yet most important and vitally important to our Christian life as I preach this morning on the subject, the purpose and power of faith. If you've been saved a while, maybe you know a lot about faith, uh, but I would ask you to please listen this morning as our, uh, we would be challenged in our faith in the Word of God. Heavenly Father, I pause to pray, not because it is a requirement or a habit, but because I hunger, I truly hunger for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. I am but an instrument, I am but a tool. I have no value, I have no worth of my own. But Lord, if you would so choose to use me in your hand today, your will, your will can be accomplished in our lives, and I hunger for that. I pray that children of the youngest age would be able to understand the message today and everyone who is here in this building and those who are watching by way of Facebook. I pray that your will be accomplished as we learn more today about faith. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We experience life and we relate life to one another through the five basic senses of the body. We experience life and we relate life to others by the things that we see, the things that we hear, the things that we taste. I like that part. The things that we touch and the things that we smell. I can, I can give you a word picture and it will, it, it will cause you and those senses to be used. For example, there's nothing quite like a beautiful summer sunrise. Now you saw that picture because you've seen that. It'd be good to feel a little bit of it this morning, wouldn't it? A summer sunrise, how beautiful it is to stand on this property in the summertime and even before 6 o'clock to watch the sun begin to rise in the east. And then uh, later that evening in the summer and even past 9 o'clock to watch the beautiful sunset. We experience life by the senses of the body God has given to us and then we relate life to one another with those senses, for, ex uh, for example, have you ever enjoyed uh, sitting beside a rushing uh, creek coming down the hillside and the sound of that is just a calming sense, a calming uh, uh, sound to listen to? In fact, you may have it on a recording and uh, at night it may be safer that way to listen to it on a recording than go to sleep beside a creek. But anyway, uh, we relate life to those things. There's nothing like uh, a piece of milk chocolate melting in your mouth. Yeah, I saw a lot of you swallow. Your mouth was watering. <clears throat> nothing as irritating as scratching a chalkboard. 
We relate to life, don't we, in those things. Don't you love the smell of fresh baked peanut butter cookies in the oven? We experience life. We relate life by the things that we sense or the senses. In the Christian life, there is another sense that is added to our ability to experience and to express the Christian life, and that is faith. The things of God are not always experienced by the five senses of our body, but they're experienced by faith in Him. This is not just a life, but a supernatural life as it relates to our life. I believe this text passage here is not necessarily a definition of faith, but I believe it is a description of faith. Look at it again. But faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, like the word hoped, and hope in that word in the Bible, but sometimes we use that word as a wish with small chance. But the word hope in the Bible is not talking about a wish with a small or no chance. The word hope in the Bible is an assurance, but with one question. For example, we talk about the blessed hope of Christ. That's the return of Christ. Now, we know for sure He's returning. The question is, when is he returning? We don't know, so there is a question. And so we, we refer to it, as the scripture does, as the blessed hope of Christ. His return, he's coming again, he could come today. Uh, there are other uh, examples of the word hope. There are promises given in the Bible. We don't always know how God's going to do it, but if he promised it, he's going to do it. So the word hope is not a wish with small chance. The word hope in the Bible is an assurance with some question as to when or how that will take place. So the Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. We know God's going to do it. We don't know when. We don't know how. But we're going to live our lives based on what God has said. He says in verse number 2, For by it the elders were obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. God spoke the world into existence. You say, what evidence do you have of that? Amen. You have God's word. That's what God said. And so by faith, I believe what God said. He spoke the world into existence. Now, I would define faith simply like this. A complete trust and confidence in something or someone to the place of action or obedience. A complete trust or confidence in something or someone to the place of action or obedience. Now, our text is a description of what faith does and how faith works. True Bible faith is not a blind optimism or a manufactured hope-so feeling. Neither is faith an intellectual agreement of doctrine because all doctrine does not appeal to the intellect. There are some things, Bible doctrine, that cannot be true 
according to the intellect, but they are true according to God and His Word. And faith says, I believe it because God said it. Faith is certainly not believing in spite of an evidence that would be superstition. True Bible faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances or consequences around us that may be contrary to the word of God. Faith operates simply in two manners. First of all, God speaks truth through his word. God speaks truth through his word. So if God said it, it's true. I don't have to understand it for it to be true. If God said it, it's true. I, 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 I may not be able to explain it, but if God said it, it's true. And so God speaks truth in and through his word. Second of all, we trust his word to the place that we act on it no matter what the circumstances or consequences are even though they may seem contrary to what God has said. The circumstances may seem impossible. The consequences may be frightening and unknown, but we obey God's word just the same and believe him to do what is right and what is best in our life. The unsaved world does not understand true Bible faith. Critics of faith will make statements like this. Faith is an illogical belief in the occurrence of the improbable. But many fail to realize that faith has no value in itself. Faith or the strength of faith is in the object of faith. And our faith is not in hope. Our faith is in God and His Word. Faith is not a feeling that we manufacture. It is our response to what God has revealed in his word. Now by faith we understand, we believe the Bible. By faith we obey the word of God. Now some may look and say, you're, you're wasting your life. And we say, oh no, we're living by faith in God's word. I believe God's word is true. And I'm going to live my life not based on what the education of men teaches or the experience of men teaches. I'm going to live my life based on the word of God, believing that it is true regardless of consequences or circumstances. The three words that I would give to describe uh, true faith in the Bible, and two of those three are here, and the third is explained. First of all, the word substance in verse number 1, uh, the word evidence uh, in verse number 1, and then the Bible says in verse number 2, obtained a good report, I'll use the word witness. Those three words uh, would summarize what true Bible faith is, substance, evidence, and witness. The word substance means literally to stand under or to support. Faith is to a Christian what a foundation is to a house. Faith to a Christian is what a foundation is to a house. Faith gives confidence, faith gives assurance, and faith is the evidence or the confidence of things that are 
hope for. We cannot see it, but we know that it is there because of the standing of the house. Uh, you've never seen the wind, but you've seen the consequences of the wind. Therefore, you believe uh, that the wind is blowing because you feel it. Uh, you see the consequences of that. I don't understand, nor do I see every truth in the Bible, but I do see the evidence of that truth. Perhaps the greatest truth of that is the fact that a man that once was lost in his sin, he was living under the power of the flesh, but by the Spirit of God, through faith in His Word, has been set free and has become a new creature in Christ. You can't explain it other than what God has done to transform that individual. We're not talking about turning over a new leaf. Some have turned over a new leaf till the stem is worn out. It's not a new leaf, it's a new life in Christ. The Apostle Paul persecuted the Christians and the church. His goal in life was to, was to get rid of the church. But when he met Christ on the Damascus Road and the light of the glorious gospel shined in his, in his life and he became a child of God, yielding to the word of God, he became the great ambassador of what he once tried to destroy. What made the change? Faith. In Christ. A song that children sing. Places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. There's been a great change since I've been born again. The words I used to say, the places I used to go, there's been a change. And I'm glad for the change in our life. The word evidence simply means conviction. This is an inward conviction from God that what he has promised he will perform. The presence of God-given faith in one's heart is conviction enough that he will keep his word. Now, as I look at the Christians and their obedience in the word of God, I, I, I'm amazed and I'm impressed at their faith because they didn't have as many examples as you and I have today. But those that live by faith, God always kept his word. He always did what he said he would do, even though it seemed like he could not. He always did. I'm preaching about faith this morning. We enjoy and we experience life by the five senses God has given to us in our bodies. We relate life that way in what we see or what we hear, what we smell, what we taste or what we touch. But the Christian life is experienced on a plane above that. It is experienced by the sense of faith and faith in what God has said. The word witnesses, he says here, obtained a good report is an important word in Hebrews chapter 11 or an important reference and it occurs not only in verse number 2 but also in verse number 4 and actually throughout the word of God. These are witnesses of those who said, you know what I did? I took God at his word, I obeyed him and it happened just like God said it would. And these are witnesses. Sometimes we use the word witness as one who is watching as Hebrews chapter 12 would indicate. But in Hebrews chapter 11, God is witnessing to us of their faith saying, they had faith in my word and when they obeyed my word, they found it was true. And dear friend, I want you to know today that every, every verse in the Bible, every promise in the Bible is true and we can have faith in the word of God no matter how it compares to the circumstances around us. 
In each example, in Hebrews chapter 11, God gave witness to that person's faith. Hebrews makes it clear that faith is very practical. I like this part. Faith enables us to understand what God does. Faith enables us to see what others cannot see. Take your Bibles in this chapter and look at verse number 23. Verse number 23, you see, faith helps me to see what others cannot see. They can see with their eye, they can hear with their ear, but faith helps me to hear things that the natural ear and the natural eye cannot hear and see. Verse number 23, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. If we looked at Moses' life practically, we could say, look, Moses, uh, you was raised by Pharaoh and the providence of God allowed that to happen. What a wonderful story that it is. God said, I'll raise up a deliverer. Pharaoh said, I'll kill all the male children. And God said, you won't kill this one. In fact, I'm going to raise him on your knee. God is in control today. Doesn't matter what the score, the circumstances are. Doesn't matter what seem to be. Walter Cronkite used to say, and that's the way it is. And he'd give the date after the newscast. The old preacher said, no, Walter, that's the way it seems. Right here's the way it is. <laughs> Moses, if we looked at it practically, we would say, Moses, look what you could be heir to. Look at all the riches of Egypt. Here's how we would interpret it. Moses, look at how many people you could help. That's usually a cover-up for a lot of greed. Somebody say amen right there. Well, I want to save all these jobs. We want to do all these good things. That's cover up. Hey, Moses, you, you want to stay right where you are. You can help a lot of people. Moses said, I'll tell you how I can help a lot of people. I can do what God said to do. I see somebody that nobody else can see, and I can hear uh, somebody that nobody else can hear, and I may have to suffer some things right now, but I'm willing to suffer those things right now so I can enjoy the reward down the road. God, give us some Christians today who live their life by faith in the promises of God, not selling out the future for the day, not selling out your family for the pleasures of the moment, not selling out your marriage for a time of temptation and fulfilling uh, of the the lust of the flesh, but saying, I want to live by faith in the promises of the word of God. The best way to grow in faith is to walk with the faithful. I like what one preacher of yesteryear said. He says, faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as, pre as the present and the invisible as seen. The best way to grow in faith is to walk with the faithful. That's why God gives to us this great hall of faith chapter challenging us and serving as an example. This is how you ought to live your life. 
And this is how we ought to live our lives. The remainder of this chapter is devoted to a summary, to a witness of the lives and the labors of great men and women of faith in the Old Testament. And in every example, you'll find four elements of faith. First of all, God spoke to them by his word. Second of all, they were stirred in their hearts and minds to obey faith. Number three, they obeyed God. And number four, God witnessed of their faith and the result of their obedience. In every case, the people listed in this chapter responded to the spiritual needs of their day with God's spiritual answer by faith. I want to make that statement again. I want you to hear what I'm saying. In every case in this Bible or in this uh, chapter of faith, uh, they, uh, they, there are people who responded to the spiritual need of their day with God's spiritual answer by faith. He told Noah, he said, I'm going, to destroy, I'm going to destroy man that I've made. I want you to build an ark. I want you to build an ark of safety. In our day, they would, taken, they would have taken a pole. Who should we listen to, Noah or all of these people? That's why they drowned, because they listened to the majority rather than listening to the God of heaven. Sadly, there are many Christians today living their lives based on what is popular, based on, and I hear this all the time, well, that's what everybody else is doing. Doesn't matter what others do. Doesn't matter what others say. Had that been, uh, had that been in our day, and Noah in our day, we would have drowned. Uh, we don't live by, uh, we don't live by the majority and live by uh, the polls. We live by the truth of the Word of God, and that, my friend, is faith. It did not make sense with the natural senses to do what Noah did, but it did make sense by faith to obey God. It did not make sense to Cain to offer what God had asked for, but it made sense to Abel. God said, I want you to give a blood sacrifice. Cain said, I'll give you the best of the fruit that I have. It was no doubt his best, but it wasn't what God wanted. Abel offered the sacrifice of blood and God accepted that sacrifice. He rejected the sacrifice of Cain. It did not make sense for Abraham to leave his homeland, uh, the Ur of the Chaldees, and to journey to a place that God would later show him. It did not make sense for Abraham to leave his home to follow a promise, but it made sense by faith, not by his seeing, not by his hearing, not by the senses of the body that we tend to make all of our decisions by, but it was by the sense of faith. He believed God and Abraham left the Ur of the Chaldees and he did become the father of a great nation and that nation yet today a nation that God has an everlasting covenant with the only way you can explain Israel's existence today with all of the hatred and animosity that surrounds it the only way you can uh, explain the uh, existence of Israel today is the protecting hand of God and his covenant how many through the years have vowed that they would destroy Israel and the Jews and yet they stand today. It is important to accept God's word as truth. I'm preaching to you today to say you and I ought to live by faith. Let's not take a poll and see what everybody's doing. Let's see what God says and let's live by faith. Let's not hire a pollster. By the way, the last poll I took on polls is all the polls are wrong. 
whether it be politics or spiritual behavior, the polls are wrong. This book is right. I'm preaching to us today. Let's read the Word of God. Let's take the promises of the Word of God and say, doesn't matter what my circumstances are. It doesn't matter what the consequences may seem to be. I'm going to, by faith, believe and obey the truths of the Word of God. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I believe Jesus was born of a virgin Mary who was conceived of the Holy Spirit. I believe that Jesus was born, she was conceived without the aid of an earthly father. He did not have a sin nature. I believe that Jesus was God in the flesh. I believe that when they put Jesus in the tomb... He was there for three days and nights and I believe as the sun began to rise on that first morning uh, that Jesus arose from the grave. Uh, you say, well, uh, scientists don't agree or archaeologists don't agree or educators don't agree. doesn't matter to me what they believe or what they say or what they think they can prove. I believe what the Bible says and by faith I live my life on the word of God. I challenge us this morning. To live our lives by faith in the Word of God. I met with, I don't know how many different folks this week. I met with 10 folks yesterday. I met with young couples preparing for marriage. I met with young men, young ladies preparing for life and ministry. Preparing for a ministry and missions or working in a local church. My heart was blessed to talk of talk to them about living a life of faith in the promises of God. There is no life. I'm not talking about just those that are in full-time service. I'm talking to all of us. We all live by faith. Oh, but you say, I work for a company that you work for a company that could fail tomorrow. I don't care what the name of it is. We understand that. that the only thing that we can guarantee is that God is in control and the best place to put our faith is in the God who causes the sun to rise every morning and puts the rain and sometimes ice and sometimes snow across the land and God is in control. And I'm glad this morning that my faith is not in a people but in a person. Across this building this morning and watching online are those who have placed their faith in the Lord Jesus. And you're working to live your life in accordance to the word of God by faith. Some of you do. Uh, some of you uh, have uh, family members and friends. They, 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 they think you're part crazy because of some of the things you do. Go to church every service. They give you a tithe and offering. They've come up with every excuse in the world why we shouldn't give to God. We're faithful in our behavior to God. And sometimes you have family and friends that say, oh, that, that, that's crazy. You shouldn't waste your life that way. I don't believe you're wasting your life. I believe when you live a life uh, as a life of faith in God that you're living life to its fullest. Amen. The most important decision of faith is the understanding that all of us are sinners. The world says men are good and getting better. God said men are born sinners. Romans chapter 7, every sin that you find listed, that's a manifestation 
of the flesh, every flesh is capable of those of all of those sins. All flesh is capable of that. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. There's none of us able to pay our way. There's none of us able to earn our way to cover for our sin. But Jesus died on the cross in my place and in your place. It should have been us that hung on the cross of Calvary to pay our sin. But by faith we believe that if we'll trust in Him, we can have eternal life. I ask the question often, I'll say to a person, if you were standing before God at heaven and He asked you, why should I let you in, what would you tell Him? Many times they'll scratch their head and they'll wonder and they say, well, I've lived a pretty good life. We took all of your thoughts, every thought, every act, every behavior, and we put it on a screen for everybody to see. Would you then say, you've been pretty good and you deserve to go to heaven? Well, I don't know if I'd want everything put on the screen. We're all sinners. But he died to pay for our sin. The greatest act of faith is say, yes, I receive you as payment for my sin. Doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a good person or whether you're one that's committed most sins in the Bible. Brother Rogers was witnessing to a man one day and, and, and just getting ready to go through the plan of salvation. And he said, now you know we're all sinners. He said, yes. And he said, we haven't all committed the same sin. And he said, I'm sure uh, you've never killed anybody. And the fellow said, well, I, I did. <laughs> he prayed with one eye open, keeping his eye on that guy. Huh? He said, I've been careful ever since to assume anything about an individual, but it doesn't matter what sin we've committed. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. And the greatest act of faith is say, yes, Jesus, I believe and I receive you as my payment for sin. I'm glad heaven is my home. I'm glad I have a title deed to a mansion in heaven, not because of who I am, but because of what he's done for me. And I've received that by faith. If you've never received the gift of eternal life, you ought to receive it today. You ought to receive it today, the thief on the cross. He received the gift of eternal life. The sinner beside the Pharisee at the altar would not as, so much as lift up his head. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. God saved his soul. Stand with me, if you will. The power and the purpose of faith. I want to say to you today, be careful by living all of your life by the five senses that we experience and we relate life to others. Make sure that you live life by faith in the Word of God. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here today and you've never received Christ as Savior, perhaps even now you'd want to step out of your seat and let one of these men or ladies take the Bible and show you how you can know for sure heaven is your home. As Philip joined the Ethiopian eunuch there in that chariot, he began at the same scriptures and he preached unto him Jesus. I take the Bible and show you I can know for sure heaven is your home. Heavenly Father, help us to receive the challenge today of living by faith. Sometimes after salvation and years of service, we have a tendency to leave our faith in God and our dependency transfer to things without us even knowing it. That's why you ask Abraham to offer Isaac. Not because you wanted Isaac, you wanted to know if you still had Abraham. 
May we as Christians live by faith. Bless our invitation, I pray. I pray that decisions that should be made, they would be made in Jesus' name. Amen.